On today's episode of the podcast, I start out talking a little bit about Eclipse Week and how so many of us most likely are feeling like things are speeding up and accelerating right now. We might be feeling confused or lots of polarity and contrast between the very high highs and the very low lows. And I share how that applies particularly well for me in my life right now as we navigate deep grief and also overwhelming gratitude at the same time and death and rebirth and all the beauty and also pain that spring has to offer. A consistent body care routine is really important part of my self-care. I feel so much better when my skin is looking and feeling good. It's such a small thing that has a big impact on your overall day for your well-being. A consistent body care routine doesn't just promote healthy, glowing skin, it actually boosts our mental health too. So give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven seaweed-infused skincare that provides results you can see and confidence that you can feel. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Butter is not your typical body butter. It transforms dry, crepey skin to smooth, soft, and supple skin, and it's my absolute favorite. I use Osea's products religiously, and I have been for years. It really is the best out there. One of the best parts about the body butter is that it's non-greasy. I hate putting on body lotion and feeling slippery and sticky all day, but Osea's body butter absorbs right into your skin, leaving you feeling hydrated and ready to make the best of whatever is next on your agenda. And it's been shown to hydrate you for 72 hours after applying. Skin care is self-care, so this is a habit worth keeping all year round. With Osea, you will get clean, seaweed-infused products from a company with over 27 years of experience, making sure they are the safest for your skin and the planet. All of Osea's products are vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out with clean skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Let's dive in. Hello, 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 my loves, my friends, my dearest, dearest community. Hi. Welcome to a brand new episode of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. I am sitting here at home after I I, <laughs> I had a week. It's, it's been a week since the last podcast. Obviously, clearly the podcast comes out once a week. This past week was actually a month. That's genuinely that's genuinely how it feels. I feel like I have been on just such an intense journey over the past week with so many lows and so many highs and so many in-betweens. I kind of like, I look back at just what this one week was and I can't... I can't believe it. it's only been a week. Yeah, I've I've been on another planet. That's what it feels like. Um, and currently now, I uh, I was just sitting on our little porch in the sun. The sun is actually so strong right now in Sweden that I even, like I got a little sunburnt on my cheeks just now. It's so funny how this April weather just takes a wild, 
wild turns. Every single week, something different is happening with the weather. Very typical for April here. But I was sitting in the hot sun, like literally, it's just it's so warm. Um, drinking a cup of coffee and eating a little piece of chocolate. Just kind of trying to process and digest and <laughs> hold some awe and gratitude and also process pain and grief. And I I just couldn't settle in a, I couldn't settle in like, where am I right now? I don't know if you've, if you have those experiences sometimes when just so much is coming your way. And it's for me right now, it really is the polarity of so much joy and so much pain, so much abundance and so much loss. And my feelings are just really mirroring that. They are way in the peak of excitement and happiness. And then they go way down into just sorrow and sadness. And and I was just sitting there with my coffee in this like beautiful moment in the sun, just like, wait, what? Where? What is this week? And then it struck me. It's eclipse week. <laughs> it's eclipse week. I haven't even... I mean, I knew in the way back in the back of my brain that it's eclipse week because I always, I, I, I keep track of, of astrology. I keep track of what's happening in the sky, you know, but I didn't have it in the front of my mind at all. I wasn't preparing for eclipse week. I wasn't even kind of, it wasn't lining up that these things were just all happening at this time. And my, it was like I had that little light bulb and that little sound like ding, ding, ding. Okay. And all of a sudden, just everything makes so much sense. So whenever we have eclipses happening, and this one happening now in Aries, 29 degrees Aries, which is also very heightened, and um, and we have an Aries new moon, and whenever we have eclipses happen, really what it means is that everything becomes very heightened. We can feel really erratic everything becomes unstable for a while. Eclipses kind of destabilize things that we thought were really solid. And uh, everything just accelerates in a, in a way. So all the things that we might feel on the normal, normal space of the spectrum and the kind of gray area of life, all of a sudden becomes high and low, black and white, yes and no, you know, becomes very drastic in, in a sense. And I just, I can't, I can't, exp I mean, it, literally the feeling I have in my body and my heart, my mind right now is eclipse feeling. <laughs> and I'm trying to just, yeah, roll and go with the flow and, and not wait for it to pass because I also feel really present in everything that's unfolding in this weird phase of my life. But if this feels at all like something that's happening in your life this week, course we don't have exactly the same things unfolding but just that energy that unstable that you know high <laughs> highs and low lows peaks and valleys like that kind of feeling and maybe you're feeling that emotionally even though you don't have crazy things happening in your life you're just going swinging on that pendulum and from side to side um, or you might be experiencing it in relationships right now or in the things that are physically manifesting all around you. Um, if anything feels remotely like what I just shared, take a deep breath. Let's do that together. Inhale in through the nose. Open the mouth and let go. 
Take another deep breath. Release. And another deep breath. And let go. So just breathe deeply if you're in anything that feels remotely like what I just shared. And trust that this is a short season within the season. So there'll be a moment where things feel calm and steady again. It's not going to be this week, (laughs) but that time will come. And everything that you are experiencing now is innately human and valid and just makes perfect sense. Everything that doesn't make sense to you right now, actually on that deep, deep, deep level, it makes sense. And um, you're going to be okay. Okay. So for me personally, uh, I spent half of this week, a little more than half of this week in the Netherlands. Oh, and now, okay, I need to just take a beat here. You're going to hear this in my voice as I share and talk and tell stories in today's podcast that I can go from like a little bit frantic, which is the energy I opened with, to bursting into tears. And that can happen in a second. Okay, just so you know, (laughs) just be prepared. I can literally go from crying to just laughing. Like that's that's where I'm at. Uh, yeah, just like a little disclaimer in case I sound like a, like a crazy person. I'm not, I'm, I mean, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. What does crazy mean? I don't know. I don't think I'm crazy, but I'm 33 weeks pregnant. It's eclipse week. And uh, my sister-in-law just passed away. <sighs> yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Here, here we go. So I honestly, I was trying to kind of remember what was I sharing in last week's podcast, and I can't really remember like how detailed I got or what I shared. But I think I shared that that Dennis's little sister passed. I did, yeah, I did. I remember I talked about death and how we how we had been preparing Leia for for her passing because we knew it was coming, and yeah, of course I did share that. Um, and we had this weekend was the service. We didn't really call it a funeral because it wasn't really a, a a funeral in its traditional sense. It really was more like a gathering, like a service um, for her that she planned meticulously in detail on her own, which is just so beautiful and and strange at the same time. And and honestly, I feel like the days leading up to us traveling there just beginning to go from processing the her cancer, processing the, the illness, processing that this is somehow the end of her life, processing the idea that we're we are saying goodbye. Because that's just that, you know, is is a is a massive, massive, massive life-changing thing to process. For Dennis, I mean of course, like this is his baby sister. It's cannot compare for me as my sister-in-law and someone who is family who I love so much um, for Leah as her auntie I mean it's just been a lot to 
to digest and wrap our heads around. And I think even in the very end, I, there was a part of me that didn't really believe it. I can see that now. All the way up until the very, very, very end, there was a part of me that was like, nah, you know what? Like she's, she's too young. She's too vibrant. This is, this is, it just doesn't, didn't feel real, right? There was a part of me that couldn't really accept that this was really happening. And I think a big piece of that was my concern and my worry and my presence really has been with Dennis and Leia. Um, I just wanting to make sure every moment of the day that they are they okay? What do they need? Can I be there for them in a bigger way? And it's very different, you know, supporting Dennis through that versus supporting Leia through that. They need, I mean, they need similar things, but in different ways. So I, I think I had to kind of shut a big piece of my own heart down just to make sure that I, I can be there as a, as a wife and a partner and I can be there as a mother. And yeah, just, just, just hold their hands, right? And, 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 and really, really be there every moment of the way for them. So for me, the, the moment that she actually passed and they called very, very early in the morning and it had happened. And I, I, I just, <laughs> I remember my first, like my first thought was what? <laughs> like shock, <laughs> even though shock should be the last thing because we have known about this for a year, you know, and especially the past months and the past weeks and it's getting closer and we knew. And I still felt this massive sense of just shock like I didn't actually believe it was going to happen, you know, but it did. (laughs) Cancer is a motherfucker. Like cancer is. (laughs) Yeah. And I know so many of you listening have been through it. So many of us have lost people to this horrible disease. So many of us have navigated it in different ways. Um, with loved ones or yourselves or you know it's at this point do we know anyone whose life is unaffected by cancer I don't think so you know it's it's in everyone's life in small ways and big and um, for me my one of my grandmothers passed away from from cancer and she had cancer for over 35 I think 35 years which is I mean just thinking about that, like she was in her, in her seventies, late seventies, I think when she died and she, she got diagnosed for the first time when she was in her thirties, she was similar to my age and went through every kind of cancer diagnosis imaginable. You know, everything from started with breast cancer and then having one breast removed and then the second one and then uterus and then you know it throw it just went from place to place and she would have really good years in between but it always came back and it came back in a different way and it came back with a vengeance and and it's so strange because I, I was only 16 when she passed so I didn't I never got to really be with her and know her as a full adult 
when I'm thinking about that now, like my whole life knowing her, she battled this. And I never remember her as sick, you know. I, it's really strange. Like I look back just at her presence in my life. She was this matriarch of all matriarchs. Um, this is my mom's stepmom um, who basically raised her. She's, she really was on my mom's side of the family, like the, the matriarch. Uh, the, you can't, there's no better word. If I think of the word matriarch, I see her. And she had wild red hair and freckles. And I don't know, she's been so present for me this this past this past week. Um, then as his little sister also had like wild reddish hair and I, they, they there's something very similar in their fire. I don't know, in their light and their energy. I just I see I don't know. It's it not and not just because of the cancer. I really have just connected their presence somehow together this past week. And anyway, and I look back at my whole childhood. I mean, she was one of my most important, she was my most important elder that I had growing up. And uh, and I don't remember her sick. I cannot. And that is a combination of just, I think my mom, you know, strategically, when she was really ill, then we wouldn't see her. You know, and probably also like we, she had, we, we have, we're so many cousins. So she has, we had such a big family that I think also for her health and immune system and things like when she was ill, they just wouldn't bring all the kids there, right? Like we wouldn't see her when she was that ill, but she was always like, I remember her, like, you know, going face after face of not having any hair and losing her hair, wearing a scarf and wearing a wig. And then hair would grow back and there was always talk about her hair and then the hair had to be shaved or cut. And I, I just, I remember going through those cycles and I knew it was because of cancer because she was, she was sick, but I didn't see that as a sickness because I didn't see it in her. And I was just, just seeing now as an adult and I had, and it's not, I didn't go through the trenches of this past year with my sister-in-law. I wasn't there at the hospital with her, you know, like her parents were 24-7 going through treatment after treatment and holding her hand and battling the side effects and the pain and the ups and downs. I mean, that like warrior journey of journeying with someone who's who's fighting cancer. I have not had that experience. You know, I've been over here. I was over here in Sweden and when I was young and it was my grandma, I wasn't a part um, and now that I know a little bit about it, just a little bit, like I've just been at the periphery of what this past year has actually been. I'm thinking of my grandmother and just the the force that she was, that she managed this for over 30 years. I mean, I'm really speechless. I'm really just mind blown. The amount of effort and bravery and strength it must have taken to just get back up again and again and get back up again and again you know for so long and that was just it was it was over half her life and then in the end she got to live a long life right she got to see her grandkids and she got to really she lived you know and part of this grief now like it, I, I feel like it's 
it's really unfair that Leifa didn't get her 70-something years. And even like, I don't know, things happen the way they do and at the time that they do. But I just couldn't stop thinking of like, oh, she could have had like a few more good years. You know, what would that have looked like? And I really, really wish she could have met the baby. When we said goodbye, the very, very, very last moment I saw her, I just stood next to her bed and was about to give her a hug and and I felt the baby move. And I had felt a little bit, not awkward about it, but I felt a little bit almost like the 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 pain of knowing that I'm carrying this little little one in my womb and she's not going to get to see him because we knew that it felt too raw you know almost like I I didn't want to yeah I didn't want to make something that was already painful more painful I, I don't know how to explain it so we didn't spend a ton of time like talking about the pregnancy it was just yeah, it was a painful place to go. And then I went up to just to hug her as we're saying goodbye, about to leave, to go to go to the train or to go to go to the hotel. And the next morning we had a train to the airport. I stand up and then he just like moved like very kind of forcefully in my womb. And she looked at me and she looked at the belly and I was like, do you want to, do you want to feel? And she goes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think also maybe she didn't want to ask, you know, or I don't know. I really don't know. But it really felt like we were holding off for this like last moment. And she put her hands on the belly and he went like, I don't know if if it's possible to like high five someone from the womb, but it really felt like like she put her hands on my belly and he went like, like he just immediately was just so active and really putting his I don't know if it's hands or feet or elbows or knees or what's going on but just into her hands like immediately and he doesn't normally do that like he's he's very oftentimes when he's very active and someone's next to me and I ask like do you want to do you want to feel and they put their hands on my on my belly and then he gets quiet that's his normal. He does that for almost every single person. He just stops. Like he seems really, I don't know, sensitive to energy or yeah, I think he's really sensitive to to change and to to energy. And I remember with Leia, she would be kicking and anyone could kind of like put their hands on and feel and she would just keep doing what she was doing. But with him, he's very, it's very palpable when it's someone else's hands. And she put her hands there and he just went like, hi. <laughs> you know? And it's just very, 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 very painful. <sighs> Knowing that, that that was the, the only time they met. And at the same time, really beautiful really really beautiful because it was so clear like he felt her presence and and I had this feeling like oh but they already know each other you know 
And her mom told me the day, the day after that when we had left, she was really sad. Um, she said, I felt a baby kick and I'm never going to meet him. Are you ready for spring? I sure am. Over here in Sweden, I make it my business to get outside and get some sunlight on my skin each and every day. But in the winter, that can be really hard and your body will feel the effect of that. Did you know that 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet? Luckily, Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. Ritual is a clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. You get nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption. And the best part, you can trust what you are putting in your body because Ritual has the USP verified mark. That means that the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. And only 1% of supplement brands are able to get this mark. So it's a big deal. Ritual's multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I have taken Ritual for years because of reasons like this. I love knowing that the ingredients in my vitamins are actually doing their job. Otherwise, what's the point? No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. I had to pause the recording there to ugly cry for five minutes. Yeah, isn't that the most saddest thing you've ever heard? Um, like I felt the baby kick and I'm never gonna meet him. And I, that moment will never, it'll never leave me. And I, I feel so convinced also that when a baby is in the womb and and someone is passing on like i do believe that there is a a place there where the veil is really thin i had that experience with i, I had a big experience like that at the end of my pregnancy with leia when the anniversary of my best friend's passing came which is march 10th and i was so certain leia was going to be born on that day and that somehow it would be just intricately connected and I don't know. And I just remember having that, knowing that they, in that space, after life and before birth, that, that, that they connect somehow. Like that they, they knew each other from that place that they had already spent time, you know. And Leia really acts like that. She acts like she knew Andrea, my friend, who, who died. She talks about her like an auntie. She talks about her as if she really knew her personality and what she was like. And she draws her often. Like she just, she talks about her as a, as a really present person in our, in our life. And they never met. And she died three years before, two years before I got pregnant. So they didn't get to have that moment of even, you know, a moment like connecting through the womb like that like Lifa and the baby did. 
And I really, I really feel convinced that wherever she is now, you know, whatever happens in the afterlife, whatever happens as we cross to the other side, that there is, that there is a way for them to meet. And I have a feeling he's going to be just like Leia, like he'll talk about his auntie as if he really knew her, you know. And I really hope so. I really, really hope so. But yeah, so we went to the Netherlands and I was kind of preparing for this trip the way I, I don't know, I was preparing for this trip, preparing for it to be very heavy. All of my experiences with funerals, with a service, with an end of life ritual, I have never had one that wasn't just overwhelmingly dark. We've had a lot of beautiful ceremonies, like also for Andrea, for my best friend, when we, um, on the five-year anniversary of her passing, we lowered her urn into the ground. Her her ashes were on her mom's bedside table for five years, which is what I would do if I lost a child. I mean, to me, it wasn't strange at all. Um, But for five years, and then on the anniversary of her passing, we had a ceremony where we uh, where we buried, essentially a burial, right? And that one is the only experience I've had with something connected to a ritual around around death that was light. And it, it was also because so much time had passed and we had been able to process so much. And yeah, it was a different, different, different thing than five years later. But everything else, every funeral I've ever been to, I've never been to one that didn't feel somehow traumatic, that didn't feel somehow so overwhelmingly heavy and dark. And of course, I didn't know what to expect for this one. I mean, she's 21 years old. She's somebody's baby. She's somebody's baby sister. It's, uh, I could only imagine like this is going to be the worst thing that we've ever been through. It is the worst thing. And this service is going to somehow embody the the horrible horribleness of it all but then knowing her and knowing she planned it I also had this feeling like well maybe like maybe there will be laughter like maybe maybe we'll experience lots of light there like I really don't know and I was trying to prepare Leia and I couldn't really do a good job with that because all I could say is be honest and say I don't know what this weekend is going to be but what I do know is I'll be with you every moment of the way and I'll hold your hand for every second. And if anything doesn't feel good, if something feels scary, overwhelming, if you don't want to be there, then we leave. We'll go outside, you know, we'll take a walk, we'll go to the park. Like I, it, I made it so clear to her that she's in charge and if something isn't, doesn't feel good, you know, I would, we would never force her to stay. Like we would really just do what's best for her. So we pack and, and, uh, it's a short trip. So just taking a hand luggage, Dennis went early to, to be, yeah, to see her. Yeah. To also, um, be a part of the ritual of, 
of being with the body, which is something that they, they do in the Netherlands and something that we don't do in Sweden. So it feels very foreign to me, but now it feels like it makes much more sense doing it that way than doing it the Swedish way. The Swedish way, which is we, we have no moment with the body of a loved one. We don't, we don't have a ritual that involves the remains. We don't do open caskets. We don't have a, a moment to come visit or, you know, after a person has passed, it's always very clinical. And then the remains are taken away. And then there's nothingness until a funeral with a closed casket in a place we never go. Like Swedish people, we don't, we don't go to church. The only time I am ever in a church is for a funeral and rarely for a wedding. Most people don't, I don't think a lot of people do weddings in churches anymore. Some, but, but in between those two things, like we're never there. So it's a very foreign place. And then we're listening to a priest speak and, you know, reading passages from the Bible and singing songs from the Bible. And it's like, we don't, we have no relation to that. It's for me very, I'm, I'm really thinking a lot about just the ritual that we have here in my own culture around death and how, yeah, how disconnected it feels. But because I didn't have a, we don't have a culture here of seeing a dead person, um, open casket isn't a thing that felt very scary to me. Um, and in Aruba, going to funerals there, like one of Dennis's very like old friends passed away, super young. And that was the first time I ever went to an open casket funeral. And I was just in shock. Like I didn't, I'd never, yeah, it's just very foreign to me. And um, I, 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 I didn't want to put Leia in that place thinking maybe it's scary for her. Maybe she's too young. And then some people were telling me it, like that was the best way for me to process when I lost someone and I was young because I could really connect the dots that they had passed. And I, I, I couldn't make a decision on what's best, you know. So we decided that Dennis goes early and he spends that time and then they get some private time also. And then Leia and I come later and then that we just go with the flow of what is um, and trust that it will align the way Leif it wanted it to align. And, and that's going to be what's best for Leia too. So as I was packing, I was alone with Leia. I was freaking out completely. I was feeling so overwhelmed. Couldn't find anything to wear. I was having one of those kind of like, it happens, I think, a lot in grief that we... We make the little details and the logistics and the stuff becomes everything. Even though what we really are feeling is we're grieving. It doesn't matter what we're wearing. It doesn't matter if we're late to the airport. It doesn't like all those little things that become huge and so important. Like they literally don't matter. And what's coming through is the pain that we're feeling inside. And I, I didn't have space to really be with that pain and to express that pain and process that pain because I was alone with Leia. And I just had like a last day here of just almost like melting down, <laughs> like just feeling so pregnant and incapable and overwhelmed. And I don't know the how, how we packed and made it to the airport in the first place. I, <laughs> it's just, just a miracle. And um, <laughs> we get there. And 
the next day is the service. <laughs> and it was so beautiful. It really was so, so, so beautiful. I really think this service like that she planned, this ritual at the end of her life, this goodbye that she got to play such a big part of, it was it was healing to just be in the presence of that. And she had planned every moment, chosen all the songs. She'd even proofread the speeches. She'd made little rules for like, like her dad. She was like, you're, you're not allowed to bring your electric guitar, like no guitar playing <laughs> at my service. <laughs> and we were laughing at that so much and he was mentioning in her speech too like she was so serious about like like this is a this is a real service this is not a joke this is not something to like don't come here with your <laughs> electric guitar and try to be cool <laughs> you know i mean she was so so funny you know in the end and um yeah and it was so evident from the moment we walked in that like oh but it's her like she did this. <laughs> like it's not just like every other thing I've been present for, which has almost always been someone passing completely out of the blue, which is uh, most of my experience with death is this traumatic thing that you don't know is happening and then it happens. Um, which of course leaves people completely in shock and scrambling and you know, at least the one little like blessing that comes along with, with dying from illness is that hopefully there's some time to wrap your head around what's happening and time to say goodbye and time to be with each other. And, you know, it's a little, little bit gentler. Um, and I never had that, had that experience really. And just being in that space, it was like, oh, but, she, but she's like, she's right here. Like she was in every moment of that service. I mean, we were there for four hours and not once was it um, dull, boring, scary, dark. No, no. It was sad. Yeah, of course. So sad. But we laughed in there. Like really, like there was joy in there, in her memory, in her presence, in her energy. There was it was it was so beautiful fast forward to the end of 2024 think of your goals what can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding if you want to learn a new language you absolutely should get Babbel Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks so just imagine what you could do in a full year be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have always loved learning languages. I speak four fluently. They're so interesting. And I've even noticed that sometimes the language you speak can influence pieces of your personality. Learning my husband's native language made us understand each other on a whole new level. Now Babbel has gifted me my own account and I can't wait to dive in. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you actually start speaking a new language. It's designed by real people for real conversations. 
And their advanced speech recognition is like having your own personal language coach to help you improve your pronunciation so you can get prepped and confident for real-world conversations. Just 15 hours with Babbel is equal to one university semester. Overall, they have more than 13,000 hours of learning content, and you can browse more than 20,000 courses offered every month. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash yoga. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash yoga, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash yoga. Rules and restrictions may apply. For me, one of the most beautiful parts just of being there. And this was a little unclear in the beginning. It was just so overwhelming before for everyone, I think. And Dennis's dad and stepmom had mentioned that oh, they would love for Leia to, to put flowers on the casket. Um, so this was a closed uh, casket service. And uh, I didn't really, it, it wasn't really clear to me what that meant. And then as I just said, because I didn't talk to them the day before, okay, so just after every speech, there's going to be six speeches or six people talking. Leah gets to go put a flower by, by, by Leafa up there by, by the casket. And I really was like, okay, wait, what does that mean? Wait, is that pressure for Leah? Does she have to do it? What, she, what if she doesn't want to do it? Where are the flowers? This was a packed, packed service. Hundreds and hundreds of people were there. It was I mean, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds, but several hundred people were there. It was it was full, every seat um, on the balconies. All I mean, it was really, really busy, full. And uh, and I wanted the details so I can prepare Leia. If, first of all, do you want to do this? Does this feel like something that, you know, that would, like, would it be helpful for her to do that? Or would it be something that would feel like pressure or make her nervous or, you know? And Leia is like the most forward, brave, courageous, you know, she's not a shy kid. So I, I kind of had a feeling like probably she will like to have a task there, make, make her feel like she's, she has a purpose. She's, she's a part of it, but it was just, everything happened really quickly. And I didn't really, yeah, I, I didn't know more than that. So I just asked her and she said, yes, I do. I do. I really want to do that. And I was like, okay. So like we will explain it to you in the moment. And then she also had like Leva's little cousins that were older, um, pre-teens, were also going to be a part of doing that, like putting a a, what I thought was a flower after every after every speech. And then what happened was, or what ended up, like what that ended up being was that, first of all, her casket was a a, a basket. It was a raton, like nature it was the most beautiful thing. I've never seen something so beautiful um, for, for a funeral. Never. It was so beautiful and so perfect for her. Um, and on the sides of it, all along the outer sides of the casket was um, like a linen kind of fabric um, ribbon that had little pockets in it. And each pocket could fit the stem of one flower. But there was like so many of them, like they were, it was just the whole casket was just wrapped around in this, this, this kind of fabric. So the first speech happens and then it's like Leia's time to go up on stage in front of everybody, go to these vases of flowers that were on the floor, choose one, whichever one she wants and just, and then put it in one of these pockets. And then (laughs) 
what what that meant was was at the beginning of the service it was empty and at the end this casket was just overflowing it was it, it looked like a bouquet <laughs> it was one of the most beautiful things i have ever seen it was so gorgeous and it it, it and leia was you know she's six years old i think the other cousins i don't know if they're maybe 11 12 and 15 um they're much older so she was like the little kid on stage you know putting flower after flower after flower and then she was really paying attention and then the music would stop and she would come back to her seat and look at me like i got it <laughs> you know it gave her really a purpose it really gave her a purpose and she did such a good job and she wasn't scared at all and she was just so happy to be there and to get to actually be part of of that really important moment and decorating decorating that that like her remains and when the service ended every person she met you know told her wow what a good job you did and that was so beautiful and what beautiful flowers you chose and so she was just in the middle of the pain and the sadness and seeing of course all her loved ones and family cry and everything being so hard there was also a sense of like I I had a purpose here I did something important like I got to be connected to my auntie in this last moment in this very very important way so at the end of the day when everything was over um and I asked her you know how how do you feel and and how are you doing and she said mommy this actually wasn't a terrible day at all I was so happy to be here and she said that in such a mature way you know it was just so clear that she I I couldn't have imagined a better way for her to say goodbye and for her to have this experience of yes it's something irreversibly painful it's a tragedy it's grief it's like something that shouldn't happen it's horrible in every way but there's also light here. There's also the memory of what that person was in life. You know, there's also joy and closeness and intimacy and family and beauty. And I'm so, so, so grateful she got to have this experience. I mean, I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't even articulate it. And it feels like such a gift from Lifa to, to Leia. I mean, to all of us, but it feels particularly special in that way that 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 she got to be there and have that presence um in that last goodbye you know and um after after the service uh and I can kind of see it now you know I was uh of course emotionally super overwhelmed I cried the whole day (laughs) I mean I've, I've been crying every day for a long time but that day really was I I had to hold it together really for Leah and for Dennis I'm also really pregnant I feel like a sponge to all energies and all emotions of everyone Um, I was on my feet the whole entire day I think from 6 a.m till end of day you know I think six or seven we got back to the hotel or Leah and I got back to the hotel and I started just you know, we finally came back and everything is just quiet. And it's like, oh, you know, like the, it was like all the energy just released from my whole system. And 
I took a shower and I laid in bed and all of a sudden I, 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 I got so nauseous. I was convinced like I, I have a stomach, like I, I'm going to throw up. I'm going to, I, I had to go to the bathroom again and again thinking I'm going to, I'm going to vomit, but it, I couldn't. And I started getting dizzy and I just thought, okay, this was just like an overwhelming day. This is all whew, just a lot. I just need to sleep now, you know, and I hadn't slept well the whole week before. So we ate something and then I put Leia to bed and, um, and I went to bed and Dennis went with his, he went with his dad and stepmom and his brother and, and Leif's boyfriend and best friend, like their little unit of, of her most, most, most close, closest cherished people, um, who went to the cremation lay and I didn't go. And, uh, and afterwards they, they went to a Greek restaurant and they drank uzu and just like reminisced and cried and you know I'm pretty sure he was really drunk when he came back which I would yeah I felt like this is a very good response to have I was actually really relieved I'm like the whole family now like go like go get drunk together like just go decompress like go drink some wine go have that moment of just oh letting go now of all the responsibility and the planning and the details because that part is also so so overwhelming you know and when I went to bed I just I would put my head on the pillow and it was like the whole room was spinning like I was the one drinking uzu (laughs) like I was drunk and I managed to fall asleep just a little bit and when I woke up Dennis was back and um I, and he was asleep and I could, I, I, I couldn't fall back asleep. I was up, I think one thirty in the morning till six, like the whole, whole, whole night, just with insane vertigo and dizziness. And every time I lay down or I, I tried to fall asleep sitting, it would be like, I had to go throw up or like the room was spinning. Um, it was like I was going to faint, except I was already lying down, you know, really bizarre, and I really thought if I just fall asleep and I get some good sleep, like I'll, I'll wake up and I'll feel better. And, uh, and I just didn't. The next day was the same. Um, I just, I almost couldn't walk. I felt like I'm going to faint at any moment. And looking at it now, <laughs> I went to a little clinic around the, or around the corner or not a little clinic. I went to a clinic because I was like, my blood pressure must be so low I have kind of a little bit low blood pressure normally, just as a regular human. It's always like a little bit on the low end. It's normal, but it's just, yeah, I never really have to worry about high blood pressure and stuff. But I really felt like it must be so low, really scary. I don't know what I need, but I need to figure this out and just check. So I go for just like a regular um, checkup, like is how is my blood pressure? And I paid 200 euros to hear from this very sweet Dutch doctor that I am in perfect health (laughs) and uh, my blood sugar is great, my heart is great, my breath, my breathing, my respiratory system is great, my blood pressure was perfect. (laughs) She said, oh, it couldn't be more perfect. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) They checked if I had a urinary tract infection, like I got to leave, (laughs) I got to leave, do a urine sample did not have that. Um, yeah, there's nothing wrong at all. And then she was just, I just kind of sat there. I was like, okay, so I just, I just, I just, yeah, I guess I just 
keep going. Like, I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing she could have really, you know, prescribed me anyway that I would have felt comfortable taking at all. I mean, for low blood pressure, what do you do? You eat, eat some salt and rest and don't go out and about and all day and, you know, just don't overexert yourself. And, but I kind of wanted the validation of, yeah, here's what's not right because it, it felt really scary that I was about to faint. And then I just sat there. I was like, oh, so I'm just great. She's like, yeah, I mean, maybe you're not great, but like your body's great. <laughs> and like, well, so what did you do yesterday? And I was like, well, it was my sister-in-law's funeral. And she was like, oh, and she just said that like, oh, she didn't even say like, I'm so sorry. Or like, let's talk about it. She was just, oh, and she looked at me and I'm like, yeah, okay, well, that's it. <laughs> and I started crying and it was just that. Not just that, that that's something little, but the emotional intensity just of the week leading up to the service. And I think all the feelings that I was holding in to be really strong for Leanne Dennis. And it was just overwhelm. Like literally, this was the physical manifestation of overwhelm in my body. And um, we left. I took it really, really easy. Um, and just focused on my breathing and focused on being present in my body and present with the baby. And it just moved really, really slow for that next day. And by the afternoon, I was fine. Like I was back to, yeah, all of those symptoms were gone. And it affirmed to me just deeply first of all how vulnerable and how sensitive we are when we are pregnant everything is so heightened it really is so true and the importance of honoring that somatic connection that connection between our emotional state our hearts and our physical well-being it's the key to everything to think that there is such a thing as like something completely separate like we are like our mind is separate from our body, like our mental health is a separate thing from our physical health and our emotional health is something completely different that doesn't relate at all to our physiology. I mean, it's just, it's just not true. It's just not true in a really bizarre way of looking at the body. And I was sitting with that just like, okay, you know, <laughs> the fact that this is all manifesting now through physical ailments means I really need the space to process and to focus on myself and trust that like Dennis is okay and Leia is okay. And they were, I mean, as much as you can, like Leia for sure, she's okay. And Dennis, it's like, he has a new reality now. It's never gonna ever be something like his life goes back to what it was or go back to normal. No, it's navigating a whole new life without your sister. I mean, and however much a person can be grounded in that and have his feet on the ground and, you know, be present through something that challenging like he is and he is okay and all the not okayness, you know. 
Bread is life. In fact, my entire family absolutely loves bread. But I like to make sure that what we're eating counts. And if you're like me, you're going to love Hero Bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious bready favorites free of consequences or compromises. They have remade carby, empty calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and protein and fiber. Think of that soft, fluffy experience that you love when you're enjoying a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or mouth-watering cheeseburger. But now it's made to really nourish you deeply. Hero Bread has something for every favorite, including sliced bread loaves, buns, and tortillas. My team tried Hero Bread and said it was the most fulfilling thing ever, but it also felt lighter and healthier. So switch to Hero Bread now and you won't be disappointed. They even have a monthly small batch drops of indulgent favorites like the 2-gram net carb herb croissant or the 1-gram net carb herb cheddar biscuit. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code yogagirl at checkout. That's yogagirl at h-e-r-o dot c-o. So the last two days of our trip, um, we just spent with his family, his dad and his stepmom and his little brother, <laughs> Leah. She was playing so much with his little brother. It was, as she said, she's like, you know what? You're my favorite uncle now. And I was like, oh my God, I have to tell my brother right away. <laughs> he has to step up his game now. Um, you know, but she's also so blessed to have many uncles and many aunties and a big family. And even just having those last two days of yeah, crying together and being together and eating food and just being in the park and I don't know, just mundane stuff in this very not mundane time. It was really special. And I feel such appreciation and such love for Tennis's family. I mean, I always have. They are so special. But this past year, it's just, yeah, it's the next, It's for me, it's a new level of of intimacy and closeness and appreciation and gratitude for them. I mean, when you get married, when you marry someone, you can end up in any family. Like you really have no control of who and what you marry into. Like you get what you get. And I've been on my knees in gratitude over this past week that like, I got this. Like, how is it possible that I got these beautiful, beautiful, incredible human beings? Like I get to be a part of their family. Like they get to be a part of mine. I just so lucked out. I really did. And I love them so much. Yeah. So now we are home. Um, coming home felt really good. And we got to come home to a super warm spring here in, in Sweden and and home to, yeah, to the many beautiful little projects that I have around the land and the garden. And even as I'm speaking these words, I hear Dennis outside. He's sitting on the excavator, the little digger that we have, pulling up old roots. We got rid of some old bushes and things and big rocks. We are preparing the land for our kitchen garden. And... <laughs> Every day since we've been home, and we've been home just a couple days, uh, we've just been outside all day, every day. 
and I can walk barefoot now. The grass is growing. It's so, so wonderful. Uh, I did a cold plunge yesterday, my first dip here. <laughs> uh, it's been just frozen. And uh, I did ask Dennis a couple of times if he could take the chainsaw down to the lake to 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 saw a hole for me in the ice so I could cold plunge. But we had to, the ice moved so much, we had to disconnect a piece of our dock to save it from like being pulled away by the ice. Um, and we haven't been able to reconnect it yet because it's literally still been ice, ice out there. So I haven't been able to take any dips and I've really been craving just a, and when I say cold plunge, I'm not doing it like I did last year. Like I'm not sitting in there for 10 minutes. I think my, my record last year was like 10 or 11 minutes. I'm not doing that. 33 weeks pregnant. So you don't, don't have to yell at me on social media, but I'm just like a little dip, you know, a couple strokes <laughs> and then up, um, which feels so amazing. Oh my God. It, it feels like a rebirth. It feels like a fresh, new, just, oh, it's so special. And I did that yesterday for the first time with my my brother. He came and helped me reconnect the dock and the sun's shining and we took a dip. And oh, the season here in Sweden, the springtime, it's just so full of promise. It's full of opportunity and growth and joy. And everywhere I look, when I look at our little lives here on this land, everywhere I look, there is an there's an opportunity. It just feels like possibility everywhere. And it's so weird to align that with the fact that we are in the middle of walking through this immense loss. And somehow I'm carrying literal life in my body. And we're about to meet this new person that's going to be this <laughs> this part of our family that also feels so strange. We're going to go from three to four people in our little family and there's just rebirth and beauty everywhere and at the same time there's just sadness and and pain and that feeling that oh, that there's so much of everything and of course it's in the middle of eclipse week that all of this is like coming to a head and a peak and I've just these past days I'm walking around the land barefoot and I'm planting seedlings and I'm watering plants and I'm project managing stuff and I'm cleaning up and raking leaves. I'm just like, you know, making lunch. I'm just moving about life. And I find myself looking at something or I see Dennis, like just seeing him in that machine, like he's like a little boy with a toy <laughs> in the digger. I can just cry and just cry with joy. We just oh, like our lives are so beautiful here. And Leia's out in her little own garden corner that she chose and she's planting her own seeds and she's so excited about all the spring flowers and she's so happy and everything's so beautiful. And I'm just like, I could just, I'm so in awe of grat in gratitude of how amazing life is here now. And at the same time, it's, I, I'm in awe of how horrible and painful and unfair life is at the same time. And somehow these polarities they exist at the same time in the same reality and they are unfolding all around me and inside of me and it's somehow okay <laughs> I can't explain it more than that it's somehow okay and I guess this is what this is what life is right it's the love and the loss 
and it's the letting go and the holding on and it's all the beautiful, painful moments in between. So that's me. <laughs> I really feel like the past few weeks here on the pod, I've <laughs> every week I come and I just get to do a little storytelling of what the past week brought, you know, as we navigate these hard and really special times. And I just want to say thank you for holding your hand on my back throughout this time. And I can really feel your care and your presence. And I think Dennis feels that too. So wherever you are, get some sun on your face if you can. Go be out in the sunshine. Put your hands to the dirt. You know, take your shoes off, even if it's cold. Find some ways to get a little more intimate with nature because those really are the truest ways of getting more intimate with yourself. Hmm. Happy spring, everyone. And sad spring, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for being here. I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of From the Heart with Rachel Brayton. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.